You're listening to Let's Stay Together Anime Break, the sub-series of Let's Stay Together where we talk about the 2019 anime Fruits Basket. I'm Ellen. And I'm Kayla. You know, we say this is like a sub-series, but it's the only thing we're doing these days. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the also the series the, where we also talk about the anime. <laughs> the surviving series. <laughs> Let's Stay Together. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, no, not the train. <laughs> we just like, started. Hey, look, the train's always and, here. Like, I'm Ellen, and I'm Kayla, and I'm train. And the train. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> we were, quote unquote, on a roll. <laughs> train's like, so am I. <laughs> we. we. <laughs> Today we're discussing season two, episode 21, which was called There Was Definitely, which is kind of an awkward title, but whatever. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> We're going to do our summary spoiler-free discussion and spoiler discussion like we always do. Mm-hmm. Yay. Spoilers, it was sad. It was sad! Did anybody else tear up? I did. We're back, we're back in the sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess for... Oh, yeah, well, last time was funny. Last episode was more lighthearted. This one, this one, however, was sad. <laughs> Very yeah. sad. This episode covered chapters 84 and 85 of the manga, and we discussed it in our ep- podcast episode number 44 which was called This World is More Than Darkness. Ours covered chapters 84 to 86, so I guess if you're like, I don't know if anybody actually goes back and listens to them, but some of, so there was some content that hasn't been shown in the anime yet that was covered in that episode. <gasps> Surprise train! <laughs> <laughs> Snuck up on us. Wow. What's happening down there? It's like a train party? I guess. <laughs> like a train convention? <laughs> it's like, what do you haul? I haul coal. What do you mm. haul? Grain. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> We're really running out of content on this. <laughs> <laughs> on this show. It's kind of weird to talk about the same thing twice. Sometimes I still get confused, but it's fine. Yeah. I was just thinking about something in this episode later. I mean, it's probably not relevant, but I was like, did that happen yet? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if the train is done. I think so. <laughs> this episode opens with the classic sweeping view of the Soma estate. And we hear a tiny boy cough. Turns out that it's baby Yuki. We also haven't talked about them being babies in a long time in the manga yeah. podcast, so now it's time. It's baby Yuki. That mm-hmm. old maid leads him and his mother down the halls of the estate. She says the birth of the Rat of the Zodiac is a matter of great celebration for the Soma family. Not only for Okito-san, the current head, but the late head of the family would have been thrilled as well. Yuki's mother worries that he's too sickly and may not be a proper companion for Akito, but the maid reassures her. There's no need to worry. It's said that there's a special bond between God and the Zodiac. They stand outside Akito's chambers. Yuki coughs and his mother tells him coldly not to cough in front of the head of the family. Maybe Yuki hurriedly covers his mouth and tries to suppress another cough. The maid slides open the doors and announces them. Akito, also a child, perhaps not that much older than Yuki, looks up from his reading and smiles a soft smile. Yuki starts to cry. I couldn't help it, he narrates. Something unnamed from deep, deep within my chest was shouting. I wanted to see you. I didn't want to see you. I want to embrace you. I want to escape. Beloved? repulsive. Yuki's mother frets and scolds him for crying, and the maid says the older Junichi cried as well when they met. It must be the bond between them. Akito comes over, takes Yuki's hands, then hugs him. He says, we finally meet my Yuki. And we cut to the opening theme. Dun dun. Dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> After the theme, we open at the main house again. Yuki was always by Akito's side as a child. We see the pair's children, Akito explains that of all the Junishi, the one possessed by the rat is the greatest and closest to God, which means you're most similar to me, he says. You're special, just like me. Yuki would spend all day inside as Akito's playmate. He was young and didn't question anything like that back then. Later, Yuki coughs as the two eat dinner. Akito gets upset and drops his bowl of rice and shouts, Shut up! Stop coughing! It's so annoying! 
When Yuki is able to stop, he grumbles and picks up the fallen bowl. Akito had tantrums, Yuki narrates, but they were different from the way he acts now. Akito would even cry. Yuki often caught sight of Shigure comforting Akito. I didn't know it was so sad or frustrating, he narrates. Then it started suddenly. One day, Akito became twisted. Sometime later, Akito erratically drags black paint or ink across the screen walls of his room. Paint is splattered across his clothes and his face. This world, my world is pitch black, he says to Yuki, who stands behind him, mouth agape, unsure of what to do. So I have to make this room more fitting color, right? You too, Yuki. You're pitch black too. We've always been the same, so you need to be pitch black too. Akito pauses. The paint pools and drips from the paintbrush. No, Akito says. We're nothing alike. I'm not useless. I'm the one who's chosen. Someone who's needed. I'm here because I need to be. I'm nothing like you. Akito drops the paint and crushes the brush against the wall. You're my toy! Your mother gave you to me! You were basically thrown away! Yuki remembers back to when his mom dropped him off and asked when he could go home. Someday, she says coldly, and leaves. The rat is hated, Akito says, pushing Yuki to the floor. Nobody cares about you. Nobody! If I weren't here, you'd be completely worthless! At a passing years gathering, we see the Junishi together at the banquet. Yuki realizes that he never talked to the other Junishi, not even the person who apparently was his older brother. He was always with Akito. Yuki steps out of the banquet room. The cat child is outside, he hears, frustrated to be left out, some maids say. Yuki never met Kyo before. Yuki steps outside. Baby Kyo is there, standing in the snow. What a pretty orange color, Yuki thinks, looking at his hair. Kyo notices him, then scowls. Um, Yuki says hesitantly. You're the rat, baby Kyo says. Mm, Yuki says with a shy smile. I won't forgive you. I'll never forgive you. It's all the rat's fault. It's all because of you. Everything. You should just disappear from this world, Kyo says and runs off. Yuki's upset and stunned. He goes back inside crying for his mother and when he finds her, she slaps him. Where have you been? Get back to the head of the family now, she says. Yuki remembers Akito telling him, the rat is hated. Nobody cares about you. Later, in a dark room, Yuki cowers in a corner, holding his knees, his head down. Akito kneels in front of him. Akito says, don't delude yourself. This world is pitch black and your whole life will be pitch black. You've no potential or hope. You're going to live along this pitch black path, so don't think that you'll ever be saved. Yuki narrates that he heard those negative words every day. Akito burned those words into him, and eventually he started to believe that no one cared about him, that he was worthless and insignificant. He remembers reaching out to Ayame for help, but Ayame shrugs him off. Even when he did reach out, wishing to be saved, Yuki narrates, he became afraid to be seen by those apathetic and hateful eyes. Later, he overhears some of the family talking about his parents living it up. They basically sold their kid to the head of the family. I could never do that, one of them says. Yuki realized that nobody would come for him since his parents were satisfied with their situation. In the eyes of the Soma family, his parents were winners. Later, Yuki is riding to school in the car with his mother, and the driver asks if he's enjoying elementary school. Before he can answer, his mother chimes in that he has no opinions, despite the fact that his school is superior to that of the other Junishis. The car passes the kiddos, Kyo, Haru, Momiji, and Kagura on their way to school. Yuki watches longingly out of the car window as they tackle Kagura tackles Kyo, and the kids tease each other. <laughs> it's really cute. I mean, it's sad that Yuki's not there, but it's cute. <laughs> he says school is uncomfortable, too. He tried not to interact with others, not that he knew how. You didn't want to be hated more than he already was, but fortunately, one time, some boys invited him to play soccer with them. Come on, let's be friends, they say. Yuki smiles and takes off with them, and as they play, he thinks, friends, my first friends, he was overjoyed. Some of his friends were Somas, too, so they decided to go exploring the grounds together. While playing, he got too excited and forgot to be careful around other girls. In his memory, a girl bumps into him while playing. He transforms into a tiny rat and falls to the ground, which was also sadly cute. <laughs> <laughs> It was a huge incident, he narrates. All of his friends' memories had to be erased. Obviously, it's weird for a human to transform into a rat, Akito tells him after the incident. 
If normal people found out, they'd be disgusted. They won't want to come close to you anymore. Didn't I tell you? Don't delude yourself. Later, he cries and begs an all-too-young Hattori not to erase his friend's memories. Afterwards, at school, his former friends went past without noticing him. As Yuki walks home, a strong wind blows. Wait, Shisho, my hat flew, the little boy says, and a blue hat drops to the ground in front of him. Hat's on his back. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Kyo runs around a corner to collect the hat, but stops when he sees Yuki. Yuki picks it up to hand it to Kyo, and Kyo scowls and runs away in the opposite direction. At home that evening, Yuki clutches the hat and sobs. There was something I wanted, he narrates. Parents that would embrace me, a home I wanted to return to, a place where everyone smiled, a me that people wouldn't distance themselves from. Sometime later, Yuki's very sick with a cough. Akito speaks to a doctor and a maid about his condition, then asks if he can keep Yuki company. The maid comments on how kind Akito's offer is. Akito approaches Yuki, who sits up on a chair to ease his breathing. With a wry smile, Akito asks, Hey, are you gonna die? Yuki doesn't respond. Akito says he's no fun. Yuki narrates, Was it my body or my heart that was slowly weakening? Outside the room, the attendants comment on how neither Yuki's parents nor Ayame would come visit him. Akito juggles some toy bean bags in front of Yuki and casually comments about how the cat's mother committed suicide some years ago. They said it was an accident, he says, but she left a note or something. It said things like, It's hard to be near him. I might have been a little happier if I'd given birth to the rat. He detests you. At the funeral, he said, I'll kill Yuki, then I'll kill myself. Akito says. Akito says that the ox, Hataru, also hates him. It's the rat's fault the ox is a laughingstock. <laughs> Everybody hates you, huh, Yuki? Akito says. He places one of the toy bean bags in Yuki's hand. Yuki remembers Kyo telling him that he should just disappear at New Year's. He drops a bean bag. Later, Yuki wakes early in the morning. Even the dawn was gray, he narrates. Yuki digs around in a drawer and pulls out the hat, thinking that he needs to return it to Kyo, but he knows he probably won't take it. He puts it on and looks in a mirror. It doesn't suit him. He thinks, I don't know his sadness. I don't know anything. But if I'm gone from this world, will some of that sadness disappear? If I go away, maybe it'll be the first time I'm ever useful. The world is dark. Everyone hates me. If nobody needs me, there's no reason for me to be here. He thinks of Akito asking, Hey, you gonna die? The mirror shatters and he drops it to the ground. He gets dressed and takes off running. Older Yuki narrates, Something burst in my heart. I didn't think. I just desperately wanted to move. I'm not sure if I wanted to hurt myself or cheer myself up. I probably don't know when to give up. Baby Yuki climbs the wall near the Soma gate, then sprints down the street away from the estate. He kept running, even though it was painful, even to unfamiliar places. He comes across a woman screaming and crying to the police. They tell her to settle down. It's early in the morning. But how the hell can she? She protests. Her precious daughter is missing. The police ask them to her, the police ask her to describe the girl again. I told you, she screams. She's a cute girl with a cute round hair tie, cute clothes, a cute voice, and a cute face. Got it? And the cop is like, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I love this part so much. <laughs> <laughs> of course we finally get a good look at the woman and it's Kyoko, Toru's mother <laughs> what'll I do she wails, does something happen to her you better start praying cause someone's gonna pay she says, cracking her knuckles and baby Yuki thinks so scary I guess there are some moms out there that care about their kids <laughs> I just I love Yes, like, so she's gonna get her old gang together <laughs> yes, there are a lot of threats I, I had to condense this for time but yeah <laughs> the whole part this whole part is wonderful <laughs> of how the cops were like no i don't understand yeah. what you're talking about <laughs> yeah they're just like Bakari Masan. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> she's like get it and he's like <laughs> don't get it <laughs> 
He remembers passing a girl earlier while running. He runs back and finds uh, baby Toru crying, then starts to run back to get her mother, but Toru runs after him, still crying. He wonders what to do. He can't let her get too close, but that doesn't seem to be problems, and she trips right behind him as he thinks that. He stops and waits for her to stand again. She looks up, eyes full of tears, then gets up and follows him. He realizes that she has entrusted her entire world to him in this moment. She's relying on him, so she won't get lost again. Yuki stops and waits for her to see the path at every crossroad, and they end up in front of Toru's apartment. Yugi turns and places the hat on her head. Look, we're here. You hung in there, he thinks. He runs off before more can be said. Toru looks around and cries for her mom. Yuki, having transformed into a rat, watches their reunion from around the corner. I'm glad it was a little useful. I'm happy. I'm so happy, he says. He cries. I know now. There was a moment where someone else needed me. Even if nobody remembers. Even if you forget. There was. Definitely. Later in the morning, Yuki returns, and the maids tend to him. Akito sees him in the doorway, and scowls. This world isn't developed in light, Yuki narrates. But it's not dark either. There's more than just darkness. In the present, Kakiru prods. So what is this pitiful, pathetic thing he wanted to talk about? Yuki's been quietly contemplating for a while now. I was remembering something from my childhood, Yuki says. It's not a bright memory. From when I lived in isolation and my parents had abandoned me. I met Honda-san around then. We met just once. I was so young that I didn't ask her name, so I didn't realize it was her until we met again, he says, remembering finding the hat in her room. She made me want to persevere. I decided to keep living, because the world's not all dark. But it didn't work. I grew weak again. And thinking of Akito and his past in the dark room, he says, the darkness was so overwhelming. In the end, I became twisted too. Hope turned to despair. And thinking of Kyo, he thinks, adoration turned to envy. I wanted him to like me, to become my friend. That's all I wanted. He tells Kakiru that he ultimately locked himself inside his own shell, rejecting the world to protect himself. He was hopeless, but Toru appeared before him once again. To be with me, close to me, he says, remembering the many times they spent together. She listened to what someone like me had to say. She wasn't disgusted and didn't scold, time after time. She accepted me again and again. She's beloved to me, like how the sky feels close and yet so far away, like a mother. And then we cut to the credits. Dun dun dun. dun 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 yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so shocking we had no idea <laughs> definitely haven't been commenting about it all this time <laughs> i do think like for a lot of people the first time this was revealed in the manga it was quite the surprise to some because they could have been I think if you look back and you, we've talked about it a couple of times in a couple of different episodes, like the way that she acts and the way that he watches, he sees her doing, notices her doing things. Like, mm-hmm. I always think of that, like, time at the beach where she, he watches her kind of, like, covering up the kids with the blanket and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the things that he notices about her are kind of, yeah, you know, they're more nurturing mm-hmm. and not things you maybe would notice about, a, maybe you would notice them about a girl you like, but it's kind of, it's a little, seems a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's, like, like when you're paying attention like knowing where it's going it is obvious like for a while Mm -hmm. before the reveal but i think definitely if you're like you start reading the series (laughs) you have kind of a a preconceived notion you're like oh this is like a love triangle it's definitely set up that way too because he also flirts with her yeah earlier so you're kind of like you know you're like okay this is a love triangle i know how these stories go so you're kind of like programmed to yes read it in that light but then so then the mother thing like seems like it comes out of nowhere if you're not expecting it but then when you like look back you're like okay yeah i can see this for a while yes <laughs> yeah and he definitely i think he he hasn't admitted it yet but he's about to admit that he's kind of he was confused about it for a while i guess yeah. minor spoiler for next time um mm-hmm. 
And you can tell that if you look back at it too, because mm-hmm. he, there were times where he like, like I think the, I always think of like the trip to the onsen where he gives her the white day gift, like the, um, the bow, the ribbon. Mm-hmm. That's like peak flirty, awkward Yuki for mm-hmm. me. Like, so he, there was definitely like, yeah, yes, it's structured like a three-way would be in another piece of media, and Yuki also acts like that at the beginning. So, yeah, um, yeah, didn't, didn't do us any favor, didn't do the shippers any favors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like epit- the epitome of ship teasing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it turns out that Yuki's childhood was awful. Yeah. Although we had seen some of that before, because mm-hmm. there was like the stuff with Rin where Yuki was thinking about, like they showed a mem- a scene from that same time. Where Yuki was talking about how Rin used to come visit. Rin and Haru used to come visit. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that scene was used again. So we kind of... And we've seen glimpses of like the way that he reacts to Akito. We know that they were yeah. together as children and stuff. So, Yeah, we've known it's been bad. But uh, now we get all, <laughs> all the little uh, horrible details. <laughs> and actually, I think what we've known is that it was bad when Yuki was a kid. Like, Akito's age is not super clear. Mm-hmm. Until, like, I think this point of the story. Yeah. Well, I guess there was, like... There was... Did they show the thing of Shigure taking care of Akito before? I can't remember. I don't think so. I think, so. I think this is the first this time we've seen like, Shigure with the young Akito. This specific chapter always uh, freaks me out <laughs> a little bit because Akito is so young mm-hmm. and so abusive um, to Yuki. Not that kids can't be abusive, but it's just yeah. like it always like makes it so much worse. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like they're clearly almost the same age. Like they're only a couple mm-hmm. years apart or something. Yeah, and I think the the anime did a good job of emphasizing like how young Akito is. Mm-hmm. Like, aside from like like you see all the like toys in their room. Yes, like little kid toys that like Akito is like playing with and stuff, and like just the way he talks when he's like, you know what? The... Yeah, so excited. Yeah, it's like we're special. Did you know? Like the beginning until the part where he kind of snaps. Mm-hmm. Akito definitely acts like a normal kind of sheltered kid. Yeah, and he seems, like, genuinely excited, like, to have a like, yeah, new playmate companion. and everything, yeah. Yeah. it's uh, That all gets sort of, like, twisted later as Akito becomes more and more, um, I don't know, Akito's reality becomes more and more warped. And then mm-hmm. also you have all these, like, things where Yuki's overhearing all the people saying, like, his parents have gained from his, like, yeah. almost like their sale of their child to the head of the family as a companion and stuff like that. So... I don't think the details are ever exposed, but they're definitely, like, living it up. Yeah. <laughs> because of their being the parents of the rat. Mm-hmm. So. so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it also did a good job of showing, like, how isolated Akito seems, too. Like, yes. Like, that was always, like, kind of a thing, but it's, like, the fact that, like, Yuki's like, oh, I was just inside with Akito all the time. It's all like It seems like Akito's, like, trapped in that room almost as much as Yuki is. Yes. And I think that's something that I didn't really think about until we read that part, this part of the manga again, where I was like, mm-hmm. man, Akito doesn't go out. Like, Yuki goes to school. All the other kids go to school. Akito doesn't mm-hmm. seem to go to school. Yeah. Like, how is Akito learning? Akito has those, like, books. Also, the books that Akito has, like, they don't look like kids' books. Like, mm-hmm. they look, like, pretty dense. Like, I don't know what yeah. Akito is reading, but, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's also kind of a classic uh like isolated kid thing is reading a lot like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't have a lot of uh, socialization with other kids nope mm-hmm. I mean 
Yeah, and also like how I'm you not know. speaking from experience as an <laughs> only child in a military family who moved a lot. <laughs> nope. I mean, I'm not speaking as like just an introvert, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, books are fun. Yeah, I'll stay here. Yeah, that's definitely true. And also, I think like it's the type of things that Akito has are very interesting to me. So, the rooms are pretty sparse. And Akito has, all the toys that Akito has are, like, old school, like, Japanese toys. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no, like, there's not even, like, stuffed animals or anything like that that Akito seems to have. Um, there's just those, like, little beanbag things. I looked up what all the things are because I was just curious. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, uh, the, like, kendama, the, like, cup and ball and stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think we've seen other well we've seen like yuki's parents house like they have like a less traditional house and stuff like that too i think like those kind of things make it seem like the soma family and stuff is almost like removed from time there's mm-hmm. almost like they're frozen and akito is also isolated in there akito's yeah. not experiencing a world beyond like some of these like more traditional things i guess which is interesting mm-hmm. to me so I think they did do a good job of, um, like, painting a picture about what Akito's childhood was like, which we haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. In addition to all the, like, terrifying stuff. Yeah. The most, one of the more, like, creepy early parts of the manga where Akito's, like, painting the wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a good time, always. Yeah. Yeah, and I always thought, like, it does make a really nice contrast when, like, Yugi's talking about, it's like, he had temper tantrums, but it wasn't, like he is now and they had like the bit where he like knocks over the bowl of rice and like yells at him about coughing but then like once he stops he like calms down and just picks up the bowl of rice yeah he's kind of looks like oh that was kind of dumb of me to get that mad yeah and then picks it up like Mm -hmm. he has like a little bit of yeah like almost apologetic not quite like almost that way of like kids were like like they know they shouldn't have done that but like they're not gonna apologize because they're kids yeah exactly (laughs) And, like, he probably couldn't, like, control the feeling, the outburst mm-hmm. of feelings anyway. So it's yeah. kind of, like, it's just, like, you have that little, like, oh, that was stupid moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he yeah. just kind of, like, picks it up. Yeah, and then, like, compared to that, like, absolute, like, almost a mental break when he's, yeah. like, painting the walls. And it's, like, getting all over his face and clothes and it's, like, pushing Yuki also down. just the walls and, and the floor. Yeah. Was anybody else just, like, having a visceral reaction <laughs> to, like, getting stuff on to Tommy? Mm-hmm. Or was it just me? I was, like... Wow, that's a lot of ink there. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be an expensive fix. Mm-hmm. I guess if someone's a rich, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and then he pushes Yuki. <laughs> nope. He pushes Yuki to the floor. And he also, that's when he like starts the narrative with Yuki. So Akito clearly thinks that something happened. So Yuki hints at a couple of things where he says like something happened and he didn't know why Akito was so upset all the time, blah, blah, blah. Like, obviously. Mm-hmm something was going on but yuki doesn't seem to know what it was and then that sort of like mental break is the kicker and then akito decides that first akito decides that they need to be the same so yuki has to have this sort of perspective as well and then during that like confrontation akito is like no wait i'm the one who's special Mm -hmm. without me like you wouldn't be needed and then kind of flips that whole narrative and starts the mm-hmm. abuse. Yeah. And it's that kind of, like, it comes off as, like, really desperate from Akita's point of view. Yeah, like, it does. The, like, his eyes widen, and he's like, no, that's not right. It's like, I'm needed, I'm important. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's like, no, no. You're not important. (laughs) I think I wrote in my notes, like, sudden realization. (laughs) I think Mm -hmm. it says in my my quote-unquote acting notes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it seems like he's just like, no, wait, wait, that's not right. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like Akito is upset about needing to be needed as well. Yeah. And, like, is able to then manipulate Yuki with the same narrative. Yeah. Or something. Like, that's kind of what it sounds like from what Akito's mm-hmm. saying to me. So Yeah. Anyway. It seems like he feels the need to, like, push Yuki down in order to, like... Yeah, make himself feel... Feel okay, like, about whatever is going on in his life right now. Like, Didn't we have this... Did we have this discussion during the anime? But I know when we talked about it in the manga, the beach arc, when we were talking about Akito trying to put down Toru... And we were like, is it a superiority or inferiority complex? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of both. <laughs> yeah. I know we talked about it in the manga. I'm not sure. I don't we think we talked about, about it in the beach. The anime. Yeah. Um, I guess. Well, I mean, I just said when it was. It was like in the, during the beach, there's this scene where Akito is like, oh, that Toru Honda, she's so ugly and awful. Nobody's friends with her. Ha ha ha. Or whatever. Nobody yeah. wants to be with her. Who wants to hang out with a monster? She's a monster too. Whatever. I forget exactly mm-hmm. how, how it goes. But like, um. Yeah, we had this. It was like, is it a p- inferiority or superiority? I don't know. It's kind of both. Yeah. But yeah, so it's the same thing with Yuki, where Akito is just like, no, you need me, and without me, you're nobody needs you. Mm-hmm. Which was reinforced by everybody around him, unfortunately for Yuki. So yeah, um, until he had his friends that then he lost, which is also so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was so happy to have I friends. Know. That was so upsetting. <laughs> I don't remember which part of the episode it was. I watched it the first time, but teared up, and it might have been that part. I forget. <laughs> Just his like, he's like uncertain but hopeful. So he's like friends. Friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, even when he meets Kyo, Kyo is mm-hmm. clearly scowling. But he's like, yeah. oh, he's like, Kyo's like, yo, are you the rat? And he's like, oh, yeah, I am. And he's like, so <laughs> like, even in the manga, it was like so heart wrenching because he looks mm-hmm. so like just hopeful, exactly the yeah. way that you described it. <laughs> Like, he's like, oh, I could maybe make another friend with this other Junishi yeah. guy. And he, it's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyo wasn't ready. Yeah. I mean, he's still not in this part of the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, poor Yuki. Mm-hmm. Yuki's defining character trait is his optimism. And mm-hmm. it's clearly part of his personality because he was like that as a child, I think. Yeah. He says later that he's like, oh, I, 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 something like, um, my heart burst or whatever. I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's like, yeah, it's just your like inner drive to be optimistic about the world, I think, mm-hmm. which is nice. It's refreshing after all of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Baby Yuki, he just wanted to have mm-hmm. friends. I know. That scene, um, <laughs> all those scenes with Ayame are just like, he's so sassy. Mm-hmm. It puts really puts into perspective. Ayame, we've seen him feel super guilty about their childhood and like, he's, mm-hmm. we've seen that scene before of him kind of brushing Yuki off, but I feel like with all of this, now that we know all of this, it's, like, so much worse. Mm-hmm. Kind of, like, puts Yame's character in perspective a little bit more, too. Yeah. Like, the bit when they're asking, like, why no one's, like, come to visit Yuki. And they're, like, talking about Ayame. They're, like, does he know he's his brother? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so harsh. And even Yuki yeah. is, like, yeah, the kid they said was my older brother. Mm-hmm. When he's talking about him at New Year's. It's, like, did yeah. they not ever meet? Like, it's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like. Like, from Ayame's perspective, I feel like a lot of the issues that, like, it was probably so abstract to him that this kid Probably. Was he had brother. no idea. Like, yeah. And he also had no idea, like, uh, we know that we haven't seen any indication that Ayame was particularly 
you know, like a favorite or abused by Aikido. Like that wasn't really mm-hmm. part of his backstory at all or his pain that we've seen. Yeah. So like it's possible, but maybe maybe he didn't even know that Aikido was like that. Like maybe he didn't know that mm-hmm. was going on at all. Yeah, um, I feel like a lot of people didn't know, like at least to the extent of what was going on with Yuki. He definitely didn't know what was going on with Yuki. Yeah. But I guess like not even, and pretend, probably not other people either. Mm-hmm. But maybe Akito had started with Yuki and then didn't even like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He did later comment about Haru. We had seen a long time ago that Haru also, Akito tried to give him this narrative about that he was dumb. Everybody said he was dumb, mm-hmm. which was also helpfully reinforced by the family too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I think everyone like, you know, knew Akito was like awful to people. But, like, I don't think anyone, at least most people, didn't really know the extent of mm. abuse that Yuki in particular suffered mm-hmm. at Akito's hands. Because it does seem to be, like, kind of an extraordinary situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than, like, Rin, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, even that's, like, a, a very different kind of abuse. That's true. And it was also much later. Like, it was mm-hmm. when Rin... Rin was in high school. Rin has her high school yeah. uniform on. This is like Yuki's, mm-hmm. like, you know, clearly yeah, a tiny like, baby. Yeah, <laughs> so it was that was more like one, like, awful reactive incident rather than, like, an ongoing, like, constant emotional abuse. Yeah. Akito seems to be very observant. Akito's good at picking up, like, what are the other things that are going on in someone's, like, life and then using that against them. Like, super mm-hmm. to manipulate them. Yeah, because, like, all the specific things that y- Akito brings up to Yuki... Where it's like, oh, yeah, the cat blames you for all this awful stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, the ox hates you, too. And mm-hmm. yep. also your parents abandoned you. Like, Yeah. Parents going to come see you, buddy? You're going to die? Like, yeah. so cruel. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And he's like, yeah, nobody needs you. Nobody's coming for you. It's just me and you. Mm-hmm. Also, this world is awful, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the banquet scene says a lot about the Junichi's sort of, like, dynamic. Mm-hmm. There's, like, the scene of little baby Momiji hugging Hattori. I know. <laughs> Didn't we talk about... Wasn't that around when his parent, his mom's memories were also erased? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know we were, like, debating on, like, whether that the was timeline before or after it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell, but he's little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did, like, a count. Like, I was, like, I, like, paused it and counted, and I was like, where are the numbers? And I was like, oh, uh, Kisa and Hiro are, yeah, like, Kisa and Hiro must be babies. babies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had to have been, because I think they're... Because yeah. I, was, I was like, there's only ten other chairs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiss and Hero were pretty young because I think they're like twelve and the kids are like sixteen. Like so, Yuki, mm-hmm. yeah, they're probably like two or three or something at the yeah. time of this. Rin is still pretty young too in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I always find it interesting in that scene where she's sitting with Shigure and Ayame. Mm-hmm. So you have like the bunch where it's like, like when Weiji's just talking to Atori, but I think he was probably hanging out with like Haru and Kagura and Ritsu. Like Kagura mm-hmm. and Ritsu are are kind of buddy buddies. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then it's like Yuki Kurino and Akito, the like sourpuss squad. Yeah. <laughs> at, the t- at the top of the head of the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah think it's or the, sorry, that, I like... should say the sad squad, not the sourpuss yeah, squad. Yeah, just sad. <laughs> <laughs> just sad. Not, mm-hmm. not boring, just sad. Yes. <laughs> um, I do think it's interesting a little bit with like Rin, where she's like leaning on Shigeru, like. Because, like, she does seem to, like, in the current timeline, have some kind of weird, like, trust in Shigeri. Yeah, she seems like, to. I don't know where it comes from, but she does yeah, seem to. So. <laughs> I mean, he was probably nice to her. Like, he didn't have mm-hmm. anything against her. I think Akita, or Shigeri mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Shigure has things that he wants from other people or like, yeah. you know, his schemes. But mm-hmm. I don't think he has any scheme with Rin. I think he's yeah. just trying to... In the in the scenes that we've seen with between the two of them, I think he's just trying to keep her at arm's length from whatever mm-hmm. his sort of deal is. Like, that's what it seems like to me. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it seems like as children, they had some kind of close relationship because she was hanging out with them. Mm-hmm. She calls him uh, Shigure Nissan, too. Like, older brother. Shigure. Yeah. So... She doesn't call him, like, Hattori Oji-chan, like, <laughs> like uh, Kisa calls him. <laughs> anyway, I'm just laughing because of, like, Tora's reaction when she says that. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah, I did, like, um, like all the Kyo, y- Kyo and Yuki stuff. So good. Which is, yeah, and it's kind of, like, sort of at the heart of this, and we get, like, the kind of confirmation of the... You know, the like at least from Yuki's perspective, the uh the anger being like misplaced jealousy basically mm-hmm. at this point. Yes, he has that one. It was kind of smooshed mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, but he has his great like um He he helped bring Toru home and that gave him hope, but then still the darkness of the family and the abuse of Akito was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And still, of course, Kyo fostered that hatred of him forever until until yeah. the series started and probably mm-hmm. still somewhat now it seems to have lessened recently yeah. but like the first thing he did in the very first part of the series was to try to attack yuki right so yeah yeah i really like the um like the visual language in this episode around yes. like framing that relationship like both in the like in the flashback scenes where like when he's looking out the car window and stuff where mm-hmm. it's all centered around like kyo and we already know that he's like yuki was has been jealous of like how easily kyo is like able to like kind of make friends with people or mm-hmm. just be liked by people. Mm-hmm. And so where it's how they had it framed with like Momiji comes up and like yeah. like throws himself on like Kyo's back Kyo's and like, he's like grumping a, grumping about it and then Kagura comes and they're all just kind of laughing and <laughs> yes in the group and how that's like all centered on Kyo from Yuki's perspective where yeah. I think in the manga it was a little more broad broadly that's framed true. it's just sort of a general like oh the other children have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's like Yuki or Kyo and Haru walking together. We know that they have a pretty close relationship because Kyo is the mm-hmm. one who was like, I had to lead you to the bathroom when you were kids so you didn't get yeah. lost. <laughs> <laughs> so they're, they're walking together. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. Momiji comes up and then the car like pulls away. You see Kagura come and the car pulls away on Kyo's face, like looking mm-hmm. horrified that she's like about to jump on him, which is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so that whole part was adorable. But yeah, it is definitely centered around Kyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I love the um, the transition at the end of, like, when he's talking about how, like, what, what did he say? Like, hope turned to, like, jealousy or whatever it was. I can't remember. Would you like me to find <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's a good yeah, line. Yeah. The the adoration turned to envy thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hope and turned to despair. And how it has, like, like, baby Kyo, like, transitions into, like, angry teenage Kyo. And, like, Yuki yeah. looks kind of startled for a minute and then kind of resigned. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was a great little scene that's in there. It's only like a second, a couple yeah. seconds, maybe. Yeah, I like the use of like perspective in that scene because, like, in the manga, it's just sort of a scene of them like fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but having it like directly like kind of Yuki's POV of seeing Kyo's expression mm-hmm. and then having his expression change from kind of like like looking startled to just looking like resigned. Like, mm-hmm. I guess this is how it is, kind of. The like, guy, I guess he still hates me. I guess that's mm-hmm. how it's gonna be. Like, yeah. Yes, and then becoming envious of Kyo. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's great. And it's very interesting take on their relationship, I guess, because, yeah, we've seen him, like, comment about how he 
is jealous of Kyo or envious of Kyo. Yeah. A couple of times. And, you know, obviously they fight, but they haven't been fighting, like, in the same way as they did before. Yeah. So we don't... Like Haruto Rin, their auras have softened around <laughs> each other. <laughs> yeah, in whatever Haru way one communicates yeah. these things. <laughs> Which is definitely true, but, like, um, and Haru says it is Toru's influence, but, it be, but mm-hmm. before that, it was just this sort of like twisted adoration yeah and we still have like, like we as far as we know it's Kyo's yeah. perspective that he hates yuki because yeah. he blames him for the suicide of his, his mother's suicide and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah and it's like we've known like as audience members for a while that like their hatred of each other was like stemmed out of like jealousy mm-hmm. and like wanting what the other had but yes. so it's kind of nice to see like one of the characters in that <laughs> you know relationship be like yeah that's what's going on that's actually like, what's <laughs> happening yeah, he's like, I acknowledge this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's very self-aware. Kyo, on the mm-hmm. other hand, I think is still trying to suppress it. Yeah. I think he he, think he did he's... say that... Uh... Th- sorry, you say what you were going to say. I think you're going to say what I'm trying to think No, I was going to say, it's like, I think he probably, like, realizes deep down, but out, out yeah. loud he's still saying that, like, no, Yuki's Magic, to Fuck that guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yuki didn't cause his mother's suicide, you know? No. They did say before... Is this the first time it was revealed that it was suicide? I forget. I think it's been heavily implied, but I think this is the yes. first time someone said it. Oh. I think we had the bit where he was like, my mom died. She died in an accident. Like, <laughs> but then they started to say it. And then they also had like a flashback where it looks like she was falling in front of a train too, which yeah. was sort of shown in the manga, but it was much more obfuscated. Yeah. <laughs> I think we had, I remember discussing this at some point um, mm-hmm. in the anime, when we, yeah. in the anime discussions. Because we were like, oh, now we can say this. Because sometimes things are a little clearer in the, in the anime. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely the first time that... So Akito yeah, is the like, one who delivers this no news. You can obscure anything in yeah. <laughs> Also, like, shitty printing. Like, we had... Yeah. There were some things we were like, who is this? I, remember, I can't remember which thing it was. Something that mm-hmm. was super dark. And then I had, like, yeah. the collector's edition one. And I was like, look how clear this yeah, print it's is. really obvious. It's really is, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mm, good old Tokyo Pop <laughs> paper quality, early two thousands yeah. pa- manga paper quality. Mm-hmm. During the manga boom, when they were like, "Oh man, people are buying this shit." Turn Let's this print shit it as out. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, unfortunately, but anyway, yeah, I don't remember how. But so yeah, Yuki. I mean, Akito says this to Yuki as another way of further, uh, you know, I don't know, abusing him. Yeah, gaslighting him. Further, yeah, being Pokemon. a. a- terrifying child yes <laughs> like, 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 that's another thing it's like it's like what is going on with your childhood you shouldn't be talking about suicide i was just thinking while i was writing this i was like i wonder when as a child or as a you know a teen or whatever i learned what suicide was like yeah. how old is akito like i don't know it's really hard to tell yeah. clearly he's definitely young. older than akito's age yeah. <laughs> maybe i don't know like i don't know i just was wondering about that myself mm-hmm I mean, I guess it depends. It sounds like Akito is hearing everything that everybody's talking about, right? Like, yeah. with the the ox being stupid and the, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, hearing all the hot goss. Yuki's hearing all the hot yeah. goss in the family, too, right? <laughs> yes. So, I think yeah. the same thing like, He's definitely, like, repeating a lot of stuff verbatim, but, mm-hmm. like... I'm just because sure. he knows it'll hurt, but, like, the yes. fact that it's, like, oh, yeah, the cat's mom killed herself. They said it was an accident, but it was suicide. Like, that's... <laughs> Whoa. It's not something a child you hear from a child. No, no, no. That's definitely like some CSI shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> I watch a lot of crime drama shit, or like a lot. I was gonna say it's like they let Akito watch R-rated movies. No, yeah, they're like, they're like, okay, it's time for your time for your favorite show to come on, and it's like in a criminal justice system. Yes. 
<laughs> We've never made any Law and Order jokes on this show, have we? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I love Law and Order so much. But but I definitely wasn't allowed to watch it as a child. <laughs> yeah. Like, what did you think of the episode, Akito? They deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this world is only darkness. <laughs> yeah. And the maids are like, okay, honey. Like, That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> the scene, Akito was clearly so i think it's interesting there's an interesting social dynamic that's happening here too like my one of my other favorite parts which is creepy by by my favorite i mean it's creepy is when akito is like oh like checking with the doctor and it's like oh is it okay yuki oh no poor yuki can i go and like visit him and they're like oh it's so nice of you kido oh you should go visit him akito and then he's like hey you're gonna die like once they're out of your shot it's like oh what are you doing so i think akito's been as a child was probably running around and like playing them. I mean, as an adult or however old Akito is, like, I don't even know. Is Akito a teenager? He doesn't seem, I don't know. It's so hard to tell children in their ages in anime, mm-hmm. but not that much older than the main trio. It seems. Yeah. I think like yeah, younger than, younger than Shigure. Shigure all, but yes. older, than, <laughs> <At> all. <laughs> older than the, uh, the main trio. Older than the main trio. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> probably like, late 1920 20, 20, 21 something like that yeah somewhere <laughs> yes, in the, i would say, say somewhere in the range of like 19 to 23 yeah probably because is 26 or 27 Seven, I think, yeah something like that and then you can see clearly shigure is like a young teen or late tween when he's like holding comforting akito in that one scene yeah and yuki's in elementary school so that would make akito like maybe like 10 10 ish Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's so hard to tell. Anyway, the point yeah. is, still young. And I don't even know where I was going with this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to make a comment that, like, Akito seems to have some, like, weird combination of, like, coddling and neglect as a child. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Coddling by on behalf of everyone, and then, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Is just being super it's isolated like, it does kind of seem like they just, like... like yeah, it does kind of seem like they just, like, shoved Akito in a room with Yuki and was like, okay, you guys have fun. Bye. And like left them there all day. Like, and he was like, swarm the black. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It does seem like that. They're just like, oh good, we have a companion for Akito. But it seems like yeah. Akito doesn't seem to be discontent with being inside. Well, isn't it true that Akito is like sickly or whatever? Like maybe that's their excuse for like mm-hmm. not, you know, letting him go outside or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There was another interesting thing I noticed in the, you were talking about sort of the visual language and like some of the visual choices in this and how they kind of like isolated Akito. They served to show, you know, Akito's isolation or like Yuki, the way Yuki was treated and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an interesting scene where after Yuki transforms, Akito is like, see, didn't I tell you? He has this whole rant mm-hmm. and he's like inside behind a closed yeah. window. And then at the end... He's like, don't delude yourself. And that's the line that's said after the window opens. Yeah. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was interesting. On the head, but. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of the, like, the scene from, like, Haru's mm. flashback. I think it's actually a similar where Yuki, window. <laughs> yeah, where Yuki was inside. and <laughs> That's right. Yuki was sitting inside being sickly. Mm-hmm. There's a the thing about windows and doors in this series. In fact, I also have a note that, like, when Akito, when Yuki yeah. transforms, they had was a loud, like, door closing sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we've talked about the whole like like the concept of inside and outside is mm-hmm. like a pretty strong thing. Yeah, it's like shut back inside, I guess. Yeah. In mm-hmm. Yuki's case, when the when he transforms into a baby rat, a tiny baby rat. Yeah. 
which was adorable and sad. Yeah. It's like, oh, you you see the little rat drop, but then it's like this sad door slamming thud mm-hmm. on the plate on that. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Only bad things Everything's can happen. Everything's gone terribly. <laughs> this wasn't in the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Speaking of other things that I thought were cool about how the episode was structured mechanically was all, almost all of the narration is from Yuki's older voice, like his older perspective. So sometimes mm-hmm. he says stuff as a child, but a lot of it was just narrated, like him looking back on it. Yeah. And even the very first part when he says, when he meets Akito, um, it sounded like him saying, when he meets Akito and starts crying and he says, I, he thinks I couldn't help it. And then he says something unnamed and like deep from deep in my heart or whatever, deep in my soul, I forget exactly what it says. Mm-hmm. That then switches into Yuki's older voice. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting the way they use his narration. We had speculated mm-hmm. about this because we were talking about how wondered how much content they would cover and yeah. how they would do it because it's all like super introspective, these chapters. Mm-hmm. Listen, we yeah. didn't even talk about the Toru part yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want to say, I especially oh. like the like kind of echoey, overlapping narration at the beginning yes. when he was talking about the like conflicting feelings he felt yes. on seeing Akito. Well acted. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed that part gave me the willies which it should because mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> the curse is the curse is sketchy i think it's mm-hmm. pretty obvious at this point <laughs> <laughs> yes. like the maid in this scene is like oh it's a beautiful bond that they have oh they're crying because they're beautiful bond it's like no 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 yeah. <laughs> i don't think so yeah <laughs> anyway yeah meanwhile baby is like i love you but i hate you yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> do you think akito feels the same way probably do you think yeah, it's, like, know. mutual? They know, we never get a Kyo's perspective on this, so this is our speculation, mm-hmm. I guess. We're venturing yeah. into headcanon territory. Mm-hmm. Just, like, making heroes' hair into a wool sweater yeah. or whatever. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, I do wonder if he, like, felt anything when he, like, first saw all of his Zodiac people. <laughs> Underlings. Yes. <laughs> he has the smile. Um, I don't know how they, like, managed to draw it this way, but it really reminds me of, like, you know, like, uh... Like a happy Buddha smile, <laughs> like statue. It it has this like very, like ethereal, kind of mm-hmm. quality when they first meet. Like you're meeting yeah. a child prodigy, you know. Like you're meeting a child, god yeah. in human form. Yeah, it is very like like kind of serene and otherworldly. Serene. And yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, he just puts down his book, even though he's mm-hmm. clearly a tiny child. Like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, Akito definitely has an otherworldly quality as a child. Mm-hmm. We see, like, we talked about how Akito is also, like, clearly sort of, um, um, like, not, what, isolated isn't the word that I'm looking, sheltered kind of child. Like, we've mm-hmm. definitely seen that, but Akito is also represented here as having those sort of, like, kind of ethereal qualities, too, that you would expect, I guess, in your god in flesh <laughs> type person. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the Toru part, and then we'll talk about the rest, I guess. We kind of talked about how Toru's his mummy, but... Um, <laughs> well, and also, I guess we could say, like, before that, it's nice that he was finally able to talk to somebody about all these things. Because, obviously, mm-hmm. he didn't feel comfortable, like, bringing it up with Ayame or anything like that, even though they're getting closer. and um, Clearly, it was something that hurt him a lot as a child. So he's finally able to have more friends... Yuki, mm-hmm. Yuki's... Oh, I finally remember what I was going to say earlier when we were talking about Kyo, <laughs> which is, like, <laughs> he thinks... Yuki, Yuki is... 
envious of Kyo because he thinks Kyo makes friends easily and that people are attracted to him and whatever. And he's like, oh, I closed up my shell. Nobody, no, I'm not useful and whatever. All these things that like Akito ingrained into him. But mm-hmm. we talked about how uncomfortable it is when he starts going to the student council because they're like, yeah, yo, we're friends now. Or like, we got to work together. Yeah. Like they have this sort of an unspoken understanding about how they're going to work together in this social group. And it's so hard for Yuki, but clearly so rewarding because now he's mm-hmm. divulging all these things to Kakeru. So yeah. They're good friends. Mm-hmm. Or more than yeah. friends, depending on how you feel about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like he has someone who's like, you know, he can trust with these emotions, but who's distant enough from all the family stuff. So. Uh-huh. And also not Toru. Like, he doesn't really tell yeah. her these things either. Mm-hmm. I don't really thought about why. I don't know. I think he feels somewhat embarrassed about the way he feels about Toru. Yeah. So, like, she's that's true. tangled up. And she's also basically in the family now. Yeah. <laughs> she's definitely not distant from it. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it would make maybe, it would definitely like, it's not like it would be weird, but it would definitely like change her perspective about the family. So maybe he doesn't want to like, didn't want to tell her that. Yeah. Yeah, I think he also just like, like, doesn't want to like burden her with. (laughs) Yes. His, his feels. Yeah. But anyway, listen, I want to talk about, (laughs) I want to talk about the most important part. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most important part. Although this episode was great, actually, I just have to say mm-hmm. it was a really. I enjoyed seeing this part animated because I think it's like, yeah, a very key part of the series that we've been building up to for a while. Mm-hmm. Whether you like yeah. Yuki as a character or not, I think you can really empathize with his his situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even like, obviously Yuki's the center of this, but it's a really important episode for like the perspective of a lot of characters, mm-hmm. like. Like, you get kind of a different perspective on, like, Kyo's stuff and, yep. and Akito's Akito. stuff. And, yeah. and kind of everyone else to a lesser degree, just seeing more of that kind of flashback. Yeah, I think a long time ago we answered questions that were like, what would you want to see animated? And we were just like, all this, or what would you want to see, like, drawn that you couldn't, what would you want to see more of? And it's just like, everything, everything. I think <laughs> I said, like, one of the things that would be interesting to see is, like, some of the past like Soma stuff before the series starts too because I think it would be very revealing about their family dynamic so Mm -hmm. anyway but yeah Yeah. it turns out that it was Kyo's hat via Yuki I can't remember how much of this was revealed (laughs) before (laughs) but this is like the full reveal now Mm -hmm. yeah the full the full story hat story (laughs) yes yes the full hat story where it was Kyo's hat and it blew there was a long debate also (laughs) in the fandom when this was uh, being published, it was like, whose hat is it? Because it's obviously yeah. Kyo or Yuki's, mm-hmm. but um, yes, it was Kyo's hat, and then it went to Yuki, and then Yuki wore it when he went and ran, and then he found Toru and gave it to her. So yeah, and he led her home. So mm-hmm. and it was he was needed. I think that was the time that I was tearing up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's also I like that related. scene too, where like like they show him like stopping in the. Like intersections until she sees mm-hmm. him again, and then he keeps going. It's really and... cute. Yeah, <laughs> I like how he's like, "No, I can't let her touch me." But obviously, she can't catch up with him. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. Also, like how you can like you can see baby Toru like as we first see Yuki yes. running around. <laughs> yeah, I only noticed that the second time that I was watching it, but I may have been distracted with a cat. I forget what happened. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, there she oh, is." Oh, she's there. <laughs> yeah, and then he he's like, "Oh yeah, I saw that girl," and then runs back, and he's like, "I gotta get the mom," and then she follows him, which is great. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh no! Like he didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cute. Like it's a funny little bit where he's like, oh no, what do I do? But then like, 
how instantly he resolves to help her when she falls down yes. and looks back up with those teary eyes. Like, And he's like, oh, I know mm-hmm. that she's trusting me. Mm-hmm. and So that she doesn't get lost again. Yeah. And it's like, and then she did the same thing for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, we talked about it, like, the last episode about, like, we already talked a little bit about, like, Kyo's, uh, not Kyo, uh, Yuki's, um, like, optimism, mm-hmm. but, like, also his empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, both of those are really on display in his, like, childhood. Yes. Both in that scene with Toru, but even, like, the, the like, really tragic scene before that where he's, like, you know, has his, like, child version of suicidal ideation yes he's like but he's like thinking about it he's like i don't know kyo's pain maybe if i disappear it'll make it feel better yeah it's like oh he's like maybe yeah if everybody hates me then maybe that's the best thing that i can do which is never the best thing that you can do but no (laughs) but yeah he's kind of like i don't know i don't i don't know why he's like this and yeah Mm -hmm. like as it you know as it as anybody but especially as a child it'd be like easy to be just like oh that guy's a jerk <laughs> yeah it would but be he's like oh he's obviously in a lot of pain and sees me as the cause of it mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah he's able to sort of put all those things together as a tiny child mm-hmm. yeah it's so sad i know it's just interesting how later we, when we meet them it's like they have a mutual hatred for each other like it seems mutual kyo is definitely the like aggressor but mm-hmm. yuki doesn't give a shit about him either yeah. and this perspective changes things so much i think mm-hmm. about yeah. them um and obviously i think we've seen them getting you can tell that that hatred was only I'm not gonna say skin deep but it wasn't clearly wasn't the full story because it's yeah. sort of been ebbing away over time right mm-hmm. it's been ebbing over time i should say so so yeah anyway yes it's sad it's very sad <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then he helped her like it was they great. could have been friends i know <laughs> kyo but kyo was i mean <laughs> Kyo's childhood was so yeah, fucked up. Like yeah, it was also yeah, so fucked up. Old pile of issues that like. Did they show? Mm-hmm. Did they show any scenes from the funeral before? I forget. I think they did during the true form stuff. Yeah, right? I think so. But I can't remember if they showed this scene in particular. Like she mm-hmm. shows like calming him down. Yeah, they showed something. I think we might. I, I think we might have seen like kind of like silhouette versions of like Kyo yelling at the funeral at people. Yeah. But I'm not sure that we saw that it was his uh, bio dad and Cosmo. Oh, yeah, that's right. We can tell that it's him now because. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Bio dad. Yes. (laughs) Cosmo's his real dad. Yeah, Cosmo's his best dad. Everybody knows that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I always forget how it was Cosmo. Because they were basically like introduced at the funeral. So Mm -hmm. it's Cosmo kind of like holding him back while he's yelling at his dad, his his bio dad, as you specified. Mm -hmm. I'll always love the scene where Kyoko describes Toru as a cute girl with a cute face yeah. and wearing cute clothes and a cute hair bobble and like yeah. whatever. I love Kyoko. I love the contrast between Kyoko, like, you know, kind of stereotypical, like, hysterical <laughs> mother, but being like, and then her, like, threatening to, like, rain down vengeance on everybody. <laughs> like, it's also it's so like, sad that. If you don't find my adorable child, I'll kick your ass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you have this turnaround where Yuki's like, man, so scary. And then he's like, I guess some moms do care about their kids. And it's like, yeah, oh. I know, that's so sad. That line is like one of the saddest ones of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like he had a similar line at some point. I forget what it was though. It's just like, yeah, I guess some people do care about their like, family. Yeah, I think. Um, or maybe I'm thinking of something else. I can't yeah, remember. when he's uh, at the beach when they're talking about Hero's mom. Yes. And he's talking about like, oh, I guess like some kids, are, some, some people, people have, have kids because they want them. Yes, that's like, what it was. <laughs> Sometimes he just has these little like one-off lines where it's just yeah. like, oh boy. <laughs> 
That there's a lot yeah, in there. It's like I need to sit down. Yeah, I know. For a minute. <laughs> Let me just click pause. <laughs> need to take a breather. It's okay because we knew it was going into the good part of the, the episode, yes. the uplifting part of the episode. <laughs> it's funny because this episode, I always think of it as being pretty uh, positive because he has this incident with Toru, but then it doesn't end on a positive note. It kind of goes mm-hmm. back into like, and then now we're here, and it's like, yeah, not. It wasn't great. There, his relationship with Kyo. It's not like everything changed for him. Like it got worse mm-hmm. again, I guess. And yeah, yeah, it was kind of like it's it's upsetting, but it was kind of like that where it's like. Mm-hmm. Like, he had that one positive moment that was enough to keep him, like, kind of going on or whatever. But, like, it didn't fix everything. Didn't. And, like, he still kind of fell back into despair after, like, because he's still in a fucking awful situation. Yes. <laughs> yes, it didn't go away. And, in fact, it has this interesting scene that I don't remember if it was shown in the manga like that. But it's, like, Yuki is, like, oh, like, darkness became, hope became whatever. The darkness was too much for me, he says, or whatever. And it shows Akito <laughs> standing there, like, clearly older and taller and bigger and whatever. But yeah. face completely silhouetted and whatever, and mm-hmm. um, and I think that also hints at how he talks about Akito and like how we see the transition to today, where now Akito mm-hmm. is like much more dangerous and unhinged and abusive, yeah, compared to as a child. Yeah. I might say, uh, another thing I liked with the anime is like when he's talking about how like he heard those words from Akito every day. We have that little bit of like kind of a montage of like Akito talking, mm-hmm. like obviously saying the same like awful shit, yeah, like time after time. That's so crazy. And so you can easily imagine that that, like, keeps on going, even as, like, they both get older. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't think Akito's stance on life just changed. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think, and I don't actually don't think Yuki's did either. I mean, I think he's always had that sort of hope deep down. Akito was not able mm-hmm. to crush it, which yeah. is, you know, part of his, the part of his character that we really see that shines in this episode, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, and throughout this sort of part of the series, starting kind of in the beach, I think mm-hmm. we get to see that. Yeah. It was sad. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Fruba is a good series in that way because it's like, oh, sometimes, but he's like, the end sort of closing statement is like, you know, life isn't completely dark. There's always, there are always good things and bad things and whatever. Yeah. And I think Fruba is a good series for bringing that sort of like realism to things where it's like not mm-hmm. one good thing doesn't change everything and like, but one bad thing doesn't yeah. change everything either or, or, or mm-hmm. a lot of bad things don't change everything. So. Yeah something that i appreciate about it it's demonstrated by other things but i think of i can think of more examples from like kind of later in the series so we can't talk about mm-hmm. them right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't have any other things that i wanted to mention mm-hmm. about this that aren't spoilery yeah i think that's most of what i had <laughs> <laughs> most <laughs> what's missing mm-hmm. everything yeah You're like i liked the part where he wore the hat <laughs> yeah <laughs> It was good. I like how the mirror exploded in his hand. I was like, I can't make yeah. it, I can't make a joke about this right now, but it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it made more sense when he dropped it on the ground in the in the manga. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it's. Huh? I think it's supposed to be more of a metaphor in the anime. Yes, literally <laughs> <laughs> <really> happening. <laughs> He's like, and then my psyche exploded, just like this yeah. mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like my view of myself shattered and I didn't know what to do. So I ran. So I, ran. I just ran kept so running. Far away. <laughs> I don't think we've ever made a Forrest Gump joke on this. <laughs> you made a Forrest Gump joke and I made a flock of seagulls joke. <laughs> you know, it's just one half dozen of another. <laughs> so you just ran. <laughs> 
I feel like it makes me sound like I like Forrest Gump, <laughs> which is, it's just so like one of those things that I've seen so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Not that there's anything Actually, wrong with I actually do kind of like it. I don't think it's like great, but it kind of draws you in when you watch it. And I think I appreciate <laughs> uh, Tom, it's Tom Hanks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate his ability to do so many different things. Yeah, yeah he's a very good actor. He he's is. enthralling in like anything he's in. Yeah, he so. has a very um he kind of has like an a sort of I think like kind of a everyday visual physical appearance, but he has some kind of crazy charisma that you just like mm-hmm. he's really like I don't know. Like yeah. <laughs> he can be screaming Wilson and you're like, Oh Tom Hanks, yeah. oh You're like I wasn't gonna watch this movie about a man trapped in an airport terminal for decades, <laughs> but I guess I am now. <laughs> I appreciate Big the most, but <laughs> yeah, so he can play like a 12-year-old child in an mm-hmm. adult body, and he can be a castaway. And... Yeah. <laughs> is that another train? It oh, is. We've been blessed by so, ma- so many trains today. <laughs> we haven't even finished our non-spoilers. I had to make Tom Hanks shows. <laughs> One second, this concludes our panel on... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Tom Hanks. <laughs> Tune in for our podcast about Tom yes. Hanks movies. We watch every Tom Hanks movie. That could go a long time. Yeah, that could. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, tune in next time for episode 22, which is called That's Not What I Want. What will happen? Only people who've read the manga will know. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. So anyway, listen, I have some things to say to you about Tom Hanks. How about that scene in... in have you seen Cast... Uh, I almost said Spirited Away. Have you seen Cast Away? <laughs> I actually haven't. Oh, okay. Well, then I won't spoil anything. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to tell you something that horrifies me. That's fine. <laughs> don't, don't mind me. I do love every time we're out on a... Every time we would go to like a thing later and see like, you know, like an old volleyball or an old <laughs> soccer ball just like you know, like garbage in a river and you're like, Wilson! Every time. <laughs> without fail. Yeah. Or we go to Girls Like Camp and we're like, I have created fire! <laughs> These are all quotes I'm sure that you know from the yes. <laughs> movie. It's like, I'm aware of it as a cultural touchstone. Exactly. I haven't actually seen the film. <laughs> Just being like, rule number one is don't talk about Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> we should have a Brad Pitt podcast too. He's he's yeah. good. Go. He's in a bunch of shit. And then we can talk about Burn After Reading, which is like one of my, yeah. the most hilarious movies of all time as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Tomcast and the Bradcast. The Bradcast. <laughs> the Pit. The Pitcast. The Pod Pit. The pod. <laughs> pit Pod. Like a, like two pits in a pod. <laughs> On a roll tonight <laughs> with the terrible jokes. <laughs> I can't remember. I think it was the episode we were we were talking about all the crazy headcanons about. <laughs> Shearing people as sheep and whatnot in the Soma family. And someone's comment was like, Ellen and Kayla are on fire today with the bed <laughs> jokes. And I was like, yes, we are. This is the pit of peak content. <laughs> anyway, how about spoilers? Yes. So there's some things that were interesting to me. I just, I can't, wait, I'm having so much fun gossiping about Tom Hanks, but <laughs> there are some things that were very interesting. Like, I thought it was interesting how, so I think there's a lot of similarities 
and parallels that are drawn between Yuki and Akito in this episode. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm choosing to talk about this in the spoilers is because like we don't see a lot of Akito's like deal until later about how isolated she actually was and stuff. So yeah. it's hinted at and we definitely talked it up in our discussion um, earlier because it's clearly visible, but it's just easier to see in retrospect. Mm-hmm. But Yuki describes not wanting to see being uncomfortable with um, being looked at it at with like apathetic and hate hateful eyes and it reminded me of akito saying that she didn't want everyone to like look at her with those like distant eyes after the curse breaks mm-hmm. it's almost <clears> like <throat> they they fear kind of the same thing i guess which yeah. is the rejection from other people mm-hmm. yeah i think um yeah akito was like clearly like super excited to have like friend a friend that seemed like kind of an equal to her like she yes. started out talking with like look we're the same like yeah we're both special you're special yeah. like me mm-hmm that all changes, of course, when Karino's curse breaks, mm-hmm. which is the inciting incident for all of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then her, like, worldview shatters, and so she, like, becomes desperate to be like, I'm needed, I'm important. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, it's something that Yuki wanted to feel, too. He just didn't, yeah. you know, do, didn't go and abuse people to mm-hmm. try to get that feeling. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I didn't realize about that, but yeah, Yuki's, like... Like desire to like feel needed rather than like taking from other people is a big part of his. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's more, and he says it a lot. He touches on it a lot in this episode in his narration, where he's like, "I just wanted somebody. She needed me in this moment, and I knew that it was important, you know. And like, mm-hmm. it it made me really happy that I was able to be there for her and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah." And I feel like Akito kind of wants the same thing, which is interesting. And I never really mm-hmm. thought about it this way till seeing the this having read all the way through the series mm-hmm. and then now going back and watching the anime yeah. for this specific part. I was like, there's a very interesting connection mm-hmm. between them. So that yeah, was cool. I feel like I think Akito like started from the perspective of like everyone's telling her she's important and needed, and then like started to kind of doubt that and like, mm. des- desperately try to cling to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Yuki started from the perspective of nobody wants me, nobody needs me, and starting to kind of be like, maybe I, maybe I am needed, and sort of like go mm-hmm. up from the other perspective. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I think that's true. That's why he had his garden, so that he could be needed by something. Because nothing yes. would exist without him. Mm-hmm. Akito is sort of, I think I said this a lot when we were talking about Akito when we discussed the manga, but Akito is sort of... This, we start off the series with Akito as a very much a villain who's in control of everything, but... All of Akito's pain is also similar to what's going on with other people in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, mostly, I think the big thing we see is like between Toru and Akito trying to cling yeah. to what they feel like is like the like not, it's not cling to the past, but cling to the like I don't know the situation mm-hmm. that's comfortable for them. Um, yeah, yeah. Akito's just kind of like like demonstrating the worst possible reactions to all the like traumas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It is interesting and important that you noted in the discussion that Akito is isolated. I think Akito is very isolated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the major just like peace. Here's some books, and yeah. Ren is like they Akito and Ren don't have a good relationship. So I don't know if that's mm-hmm. self imposed and probably like yeah, the maids like the... are like, don't let Ren in here. It'll poison Akito and whatever. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I feel like you were talking about how like like all that's in the room is just like some old toys and stuff. I feel like the maids are kind of like. How do you take care of a child? <laughs> good point. Yeah, good question. They're like, here's some books. Um, we found these old bean bags. Yeah. That from they like never had to do literally this. the like early 1900s. Yeah. 
I read this interesting those those little bean bags because I was like oh, we talked about the bean bag before I remember in the uh, we just were like I don't know bean bag question mark and they showed yeah. the toys much more prominently this time and I was mm-hmm. I said I was googling them but I learned something interesting about those which is that so was, they're like little bean bags it's called like oh tedama I think like a hand Tama's ball into his hand mm-hmm. right? so and like you they were filled with beans but apparently according to the Wikipedia article that I read. During World War Two, when food was low, they would take the like dried beans from them, mm-hmm. and and give them to kids. So like a lot of those were basically lost and destroyed. So like I, there's a part of me that's like even the family is so isolated and like well off that they have maybe these toys that are like super old too. Like I don't know, we yeah. don't know. It's just a very interesting sort of mm-hmm. like yeah, I think it does show the like, little moment, the like ancient isolated aspect of the Soma family. I think that's how it's used in this episode. Mm-hmm. So regardless of like if that's the reason why or not, if yeah. it's some kind of like, I don't know, like a rarity. Um, mm-hmm. But Akito's like stuff doesn't look like other kids stuff from the 90s and like even yeah. other kids in the story. Like it's very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Although we don't really see a lot of their other stuff as kids, but like, I don't know. I mean, we've seen all their other like rooms and like we saw Hataru's room, like he mm-hmm. had video games and crap. Didn't he have yeah. the, oh no, yeah. Like, so... Akito's life is just very different from the rest of the Junishi, which also becomes a lot clearer later when Toru realizes how isolated she was. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think the, we had talked about how they might, how this might be represented because there's so much like of Yuki's narration and stuff in the, in the manga that just like takes up space for mm-hmm. reading purposes. I think it's interesting how much of a, a bigger a broader perspective we get about akito's life mm-hmm. in these episodes without needing you know you get a little bit more room to have more things shown so. yeah yeah like you're able to just kind of see the like stuff just to kind of in the background while like yuki's doing his narration and stuff because like mm-hmm. like we see it like a little bit like we see like the bean bags and stuff in the in the manga but just like the yeah. scene of just like all the little toys like really kind of struck me you're like oh akito is a child like mm-hmm. yeah, this whole thing is actually yeah. when they open the door the first time to mm-hmm. greet Akito, you're like, oh, like, because mm-hmm. we only <laughs> we only ever see we only ever see Akito as a what seems to be like an adult, like obviously a young adult, but I mean like everybody in series is a young adult, so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you see this and you're like, whoa, whoa, like I think it just puts things into a different perspective. Yeah, like I think like you see Akito and you're like, oh. like oh he's young, and then you see like the toys, you're like oh he's oh. really young, he's a kid, he's <laughs> young enough to have little kid toys. Yeah. <laughs> Ancient child toys. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Kido should have had a freaking Power Ranger. Then everything would be different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the a, 90s, after all. Get him a SNES. Or the 80s. A SNES, SNES. <laughs> I think it's, like, the 80s. I can't remember. I feel like people have talked about, like, the actual, like, mm. timeline of how old they are. So it's, like, yeah. probably the well, 80s or the, the 90s. Yeah. But... I think the anime It's probably the, the 90s. The anime is probably the 90s, yes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Get him a SNES. Mm. Yeah. Everything could have been different. Mm-hmm. If only play, Akito play had the f- fulfillment and... of Mario, <laughs> doing the same level over and over again would have yeah. prevented all the abuse from Yuki. Mm-hmm. Of Yuki. <laughs> yeah. Like Akito, you want to meet Yuki? Hang on, I got to beat this level. <laughs> like okay, <laughs> yeah. Just throwing the <laughs> SNES controller into the like CRT TV. Yes, <laughs> when it. He doesn't get like when she doesn't get the score at the end. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so many things would be different anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's just yeah. It yes, it makes it makes 
obviously illustrates or like makes you more aware of how childlike Akito is, how young Akito is, and I think shows how isolated she is, coupled mm-hmm. with how she lives with Yuki, right? Yeah. Um, and all those things really. I think still at this point, Akito's we haven't gotten any very sympathetic. Um take on Akito. The most sympathetic thing is like Yuki being like, yeah, she was sad all the time. I don't know mm-hmm. why, but we still don't really know why. Yeah, But it's okay. There's a couple episodes left in this season. I'm sure we'll find out very mm-hmm. soon. <laughs> yeah. Do you think next time will be sort of Cinderella or do you think it's going to be a whole episode of other stuff beforehand? I don't know. It's definitely going to like start into it. Yeah, but... I don't know. There's the part before where they have to change all the all the parts. Yeah. Because the, um, I'm pretty sure the uh, episode title is from the, like, non-argument that Kyo and Yuki have. <laughs> yeah. Afterward. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Does just, he like... punch the something? Kyo punches Yeah, something. when he, like, punches the window. Cause... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Yuki's just, like, not, not playing <laughs> like he used to. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So next time, that'll mm-hmm. be good. Yeah, I don't know if they'll do Sword of Cinderella next, but they'll definitely be like leading into it. <laughs> I think they have to have all the stuff in between because you, mm-hmm. you have to have the rest of the conversation. Kakuru now will hit him in the face with the soccer ball. We predicted that last time. Yeah. But that was incorrect. Mm-hmm. My apologies yeah. <laughs> to all our also listeners. That, yeah. <laughs> also, I actually have that down as a, it's technically a spoiler since that doesn't happen until next time, but I never really thought about it before. But it's like, Yuki's first friends played soccer with him. Yes! And then when he's... <laughs> Talking about yeah. it with Kakeru. <laughs> I remember realizing that. I don't know if we talked yeah. about it, but I remember realizing that when we reread the manga. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. it's soccer. The power of soccer. Yes. <laughs> the power of sport ball. <laughs> we would know a lot about that. Yes. <laughs> Soccer's not the sport that I was concussed in, so I can't provide any comments. <laughs> I love to talk about this concussion. Anyway, it's fine. It was clearly tra- traumatizing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's cute. It, it all comes full circle. Mm-hmm. Getting smacked in the face of soccer ball is an important part of growing up. Yes. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, yeah, I mean, obviously, like, we have the continuing, like, Yuki and Kyo becoming more, like, frenemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or not even frenemies. Yeah. Just friends. Awkward mm-hmm. friends. Yeah, and that really starts with that, that confrontation in the next episode. Because it has, That's like... True. With, like, Kyo, like, you know, trying to do the old, you know, fight thing. And Yuki's just like, we're really doing this. Mm-hmm. And, like... He's like, no. No, no. No, no, no. One other thing that's more of a side thing is um, when he's talking about... When y- Akito's talking about, like, uh, Kyo's mom committing suicide. He said that her note said, like, it's hard to be near him. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, occurred to me now. I'm like, I wonder if that was about Kyo or about Kyo's dad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> And did she even leave a note? That yeah. all sounds like hearsay. <laughs> and all of the stuff that they say about the mom, they because they uh, th- there's that later scene at the funeral where Kyo's like remembering some shit that people said, and then they remember they said like there was some like last line that was added that was slightly different than like the first time they showed I, that it was shown. I forget exactly what happened. Sorry, everyone's gonna take take my word for it. <laughs> but yeah, like all of that, all the reveal about his mother. I mean, like. Kyo was there and saw her commit suicide. That is clear. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of other things. Oh, it was the thing that they said was that they'd argued. She, they're like, oh, I heard that. I heard her and her husband arguing the night before, and that wasn't yeah. said in the like first view of that scene. 
mm-hmm. um, at the funeral. I remember we had talked about that. Yeah. And it's like, but like all of this is like all from other people's perspective. Like mm-hmm. you probably heard that from people in the family gossiping. Like they could yeah. have just made that up. Because you think the Kyo would know that there was like a suicide note. Like his dad definitely would have said something and harassed him about it if there was. Yeah. And he never does. He's just like, yeah, your mom hate like didn't could bear to be with you and whatever and blah 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 blah. But mm-hmm. we know that she, also she was scared. Yeah. She she would never have said like, oh, I, yeah. maybe if I'd been happier with the rat or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's not really about that. Yeah, I don't think. I could also see it like having been like there was a note, but it implicated him more. And oh, that's so possible he, like, too. Pretended it didn't happen. Like completely possible mm-hmm. i'm down for more speculation yeah get the get the like sp- criminal justice <laughs> get yes. the law and order team on it <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know but my opinion is that it's all hearsay and in this particular situation yeah. akito's just using it to make yuki feel guilty yeah regardless yeah, I'm, of, I'm sure akito you know. just heard something and was like that'll work <laughs> yeah i don't know yeah, maybe he heard somebody talking about how, you know, about Kyo's outburst at the funeral. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. work. Because <laughs> Kyo, Kyo is like, I'll kill Yuki and I'll kill myself. That is true. That was said mm-hmm. at the funeral for sure. We saw that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Kyo could have manufactured that. We don't know. I'm mm-hmm. just saying. Or like it's a, just a combination of, of family hot goss. Yep. Which I, <laughs> based on all these other scenes that we saw, I think is, is a likely scenario too. But mm-hmm. Could have been could have been that she was like yeah i can't stand to be with my husband who's terrible anymore yeah. and she, she's like what's that it's the cat's fault okay <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like crosses that out and writes if only yeah. i <laughs> if only i had had the given birth to the rat <laughs> Sorry, this is a completely different handwriting <laughs> like no no definitely hers i can attest that it was hers <laughs> the solo family probably like cleaned it all up and stuff too like they yeah. would never have like let anything be public about that well akito said akito said oh like it was officially deemed an accident but yeah. everybody knows it was a suicide so like mm-hmm. you know that they were like here's some more complete speculation from, yeah. from me which is like they probably didn't let any of that get out they probably yeah. like you know cleaned things up and mm-hmm kept it all on the DL because they're like a old stuffy fam- traditional family and they don't want people to know anything like how they have a child who's like not attending school who's yeah. isolated inside the house completely isolated does nobody question that listen mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway my point is <laughs> it's like I need to lie down <laughs> too much speculation <laughs> There's like just a uh, we cut to a camp, cut to a room with a bunch of like pictures of the somas up and then red string tied to everything. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, what does it all mean? <laughs> anyway, I'm sitting there with like ten cups of coffee all around. Yeah, the killer's among us, and you're like, this isn't even a murder mystery. <laughs> it's like when um Uon Hana are in Kyoto, and they're like, and then a murder will happen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway um i don't have any more other th- actual things uh, to say i don't think this is not relevant but there's like an episode of elementary where he was like stringing together like some kind of like speculation on something mm-hmm. and he had his like wall of stuff or whatever and watson's like and where does napoleon bonaparte come in because he had, like a picture of napoleon <laughs> up there and he's like he's like by my fifth hour without sleep i may have been reaching <laughs> <laughs> 
apropos. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any other actual things mm-hmm. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Next time, join us for our, um, our discussion of um, which episode? What? For, join us. Yes, I was going to say join us for our discussion of uh, Forrest Gump. Oh yeah. I hope everyone's done the reading. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> although Forrest Gump is actually a book, I think. So. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the joke doesn't really land. Do you, how about um, Sleepless in Seattle? That's definitely not a book. <laughs> Everybody watch Sleepless. In- Maybe it was made into a book. I don't know. I even know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's fine. Join us for Tomcast. Join us for the Tomcast next time on the Tomcast episode 22. That's not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually a TMZ video of Tom Hanks at a restaurant complaining. <laughs> <laughs> it is such a weird line. I was like, what is this from? Oh, yeah, it's probably from that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, another good weird line choice. Yeah, like, it's like in that argument, because it's not exactly the same as what the uh, manga has it in. Cause, um... Yeah, it's probably not exactly the same translation. Yeah, it's... it's him talking about the kind of relationship or whatever or something. He's just like, I'm almost there. Yeah, he's saying like, Basically, like, your attitude is making Honda-san worry. Is that what you want? And in the manga, it has him snap, like, don't talk about her. But I'm mm. assuming he's snapped. That's not That's what, not what I, I want. want in response to that. Yeah. Well, Kale's easy to catch off guard. <laughs> 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 Yugi's like, you're making Honda-san upset. Is that what you want? And he's like, I love her. And then, <laughs> and then he's like, never mind. <laughs> oh, I love how Kyo is so, uh, I don't know. Troubled. Such a... <laughs> troubled i was gonna say he has such a like a boyish earnestness sometimes mm-hmm. which is really funny yeah <laughs> when you when you catch him off guard <laughs> and and again another event that totally happened and isn't speculation at all <laughs> okay join us for episode 22 next time <laughs> thank y'all for listening we'll see you then Bye-bye. bye bye